0: I'm back you guys, but before we get into that, I just want to say hello, you're listening to the Shit Show Fantasy Football League's Helmet to Helmet Podcast, and uh, well, actually guys, it's Monday, October 1st when I record this, so it's going to be a funky week uh, for one, I have no idea how the Monday night games are going, and uh, I'm going to keep it that way for the length of the podcast, I think it'll add to some uh, hilarity in a few moments here. But, uh, yeah, if you would like to follow this podcast, you can uh, do so on Twitter, at Helmet, the number two, Helmet, or you can follow me, personally, I won't bite, I'm uh, at Rambler underscore Jones. A little bit of housekeeping at the top of the episode, we will not have schooled today, but I promise you, here, you'll have the, uh, the Ron Swanson drop, because I like you guys.
1: Under my tutelage... You will grow from boys into men, from men into gladiators, and from gladiators into Swansons.
0: So there you go. That way you don't have to miss out on Ron Swanson's uh, beautiful voice. So, uh, yeah, the new segment today, phoning it in. Like I said, I promised some interviews for you guys and of you guys, uh, those who are willing. So, yeah, be excited. Today is, uh, is Jace. But before we even get to him... Got a quick question. Uh, quick question is, uh, what's happening with Lev Bell? And you know what? that's a that's an excellent question, but it's gonna lead right into my uh, my news segment. So I'm just gonna hop into that. What do you live under a rock? So in case you live under a rock, we have just been told us, meaning anybody who has a particular app that alerts you. Lev Bell, there's a new rumor, and the rumor is that he feels as though he is trying to show up for the week seven bye. This is on the heels of an Instagram comment yesterday when he watched Earl Thomas break his leg, where he said, yeah, I'll hold out and I'll be the bad guy. So I'm not quite sure what to make of this, but I'll tell you what, the rumor is he returns for the week seven bye. That makes sense because he's gotten pudgy, but what the heck is going to happen with him? Uh, that is, that's a, an excellent question. Um, I do not see a world where he can be a difference maker right away. He pissed off basically his entire O-line. Um, I can't imagine management being particularly pleased with him. And I know what most of y'all are thinking. You're thinking, Connor, you have James Connor. Of course course you don't think he's going to be an impact player no i think by end of season he is going to still be one of the top fantasy producers i just think it's not going to happen week eight when they get back from by i think he's going to get sat at least for a game as a hey bub you don't pull this shit with us so uh whew. but moving on in the news past a quick question uh Gronk left Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Uh, seemed like one of those ankle injuries that you only really get when you're ahead by 40 points. But we'll see. It's a short week, so uh, Gronk owners out there, besides me, you should have a tight end as a backup. No, wait, you have Gronk. You don't have a tight end as a backup, so go stream. Uh, yeah, Devontae Freeman, who's been out, is uh, hopefully, quote-unquote, hopefully, back by week five according to uh, Dan Quinn down in Atlanta there. That's the head coach. Good luck with that one. James uh, Jameis Winston will be uh the starting QB when the Bucks return from by week six. That didn't take long. We'll uh we'll get to a little bit of the repercussions of that in a moment. And uh Leonard Fournette out indefinitely he uh he started the game and then there was something about something catching in his hamstring muscle so he uh yeah he he's not there who knows how long that'll take will fuller is also day-to-day with a hammy he played scored a touchdown i believe and then was like hey you know this this hurts scoring this many touchdowns so he he stepped out And uh, O.J. Howard, who I'll talk at length about in a little bit here, has a uh, sprained MCL. Two to four weeks he'll be out. Will Disley, another tight end, uh, you know, sensation who nobody expected or knew anything about. He also is, uh, well, he's going to be out for season, actually. He tore his patella, the tendon in his patella. That's the patellar tendon, to be specific, um ouch like e that's that's not good uh another tight end dropping like flies out there tyler eifert uh tyler eifert to say he has a broken ankle is an understatement if uh if you have not seen the video and you're weak-stomached don't see the video it is awful Absolutely awful. Just. Oh. Uh, Marquise Goodwin of the 49ers. He he stepped out midway through the game with hamstring tightness. And uh, T.Y. Hilton, also hamstring. So a lot of hamstring and tight end problems. Be watching those. I don't expect T.Y. Hilton to be in Thursday's game. Uh, It's a short turnaround. And hamstrings are not one of those that you want to rush. Because... Mm, yeah, they just don't heal the way that other things do. Uh, before I get into the Players Who Suck segment, I would like to thank everyone who uh, who responded to the emergency alert last week. The, uh, the alert went out for wins. My team was looking for them. And, well, like I said, I haven't been watching Monday Night Games, but unless Harrison Butker has one hell of a leg... Uh, I think I've won. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to knock on wood right now. Cause Lord knows all it takes is a fake punt or a fake, uh, kick pass play. And he's going to get some 20 points or some shit. So, um, yeah, well now we're going to move on to, uh, to players who suck. You suck. So, uh. These players are people that members of my league played. Who uh, who screwed them? They may not have cost them the the match, but they produced well under what you'd expect for these players. So to start with, I have to point the finger at myself here. Gronk with six point four before exiting with an ankle injury, uh, as I mentioned before. We will uh, we'll see. Gronk is. If this is Gronk's baseline, I mean, Gronk has a pretty high baseline, but man, this is... That sucks. You suck, Gronk. Wake up. And uh, he wasn't in my starting lineup, but Larry Fitzgerald, man, uh, 4.3 points, and probably we're in a half-point league, so he dropped three passes that were in his hands for, let's just call it 20 yards total, but that's another... 3.5 3.5 points that that puts him in the acceptable range so Fitz, maybe the way the kid throws uh, Josh Rosen down in Arizona the way he throws now is different that's his first game with Larry Fitzgerald oof we'll see uh Michael Thomas dropped you 6.7 points now that didn't kill you in the cradle but you're talking about the number one weapon for Drew Brees who we'll also get to in a moment here you gotta you gotta have more possession than that OJ Howard Goose Egged ya. I normally wouldn't include him except he didn't leave until end of the second quarter, so you would have at least expected a reception by then. Nothing. Gone. Fitz Magic uh aforementioned Ryan Fitzpatrick was um Yeah. He was not he was not good. He got removed. Uh so if you somehow decided to start him, you got like three points. Sorry. Uh, Dalvin Cook also screwed you. That was two points on a juicy game. They're just not throwing to him. I mean, Kirk Cousins has never really been a check down guy, but you'd think with somebody like Dalvin Cook, he could at least, you know, sling it. He ended up coming out after the game. I forgot to add this to the news. Came out after the game and said he is not 100%, which is spooky. So if you have Dalvin Cook, be careful. Uh, Jordan Howard Jordan Howard had uh 2.5 also not great Drew Brees gave you the 8.6 because he just never found Michael Thomas Will Disley of course ended up with a season ender, uh, of an injury so he ended up with 1 point Leonard Fournette with 4 before he exited Russell Wilson gave you 9 and uh, Lamar Miller who literally gets talked about never I feel like every time I listen to fantasy stuff he's just never talked about and it's probably because he gets you stuff like 4.9 4.9 for a starting running back in an offense that's frankly pretty good it wasn't even really a shootout for most of that game either that game was pretty crappy until indianapolis came back but uh i have a little bit of a special segment here where we would normally have match of the week no way i am not giving up you have to no i don't so, uh, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's Monday night, guys. I, I actually, I would not be doing this on a Monday, except tomorrow night, Tuesday, October 2nd, there is, um, an announcement that I'm going to be having to work late for, uh, for those who don't know, I, I'm, uh, I am a part of the marketing social media team for Microsoft Windows, so... I work from 12 to 8 p.m. tomorrow, which gives me zero time to record the podcast because I go to the gym in the morning, too. So I'm going to try my best at this, all right? I'm going to take a quick look at the way fantasy points are shaken up as of right now, and I'm just going to say, wow, who knew Harrison Butker could kick for 40 points? That That was a close match. Or... Since I don't know what's going to happen. Wow, you know that's pretty expected. A kicker got only a couple points. That was a, that was a, pretty stalwart performance though. And uh, let's see, Jason Christian are playing. Who would have guessed Patrick Mahomes got zero points and Sammy Watkins? Man, Jace just held it out by the skin of his teeth there. Or, wow, yeah. Sorry, Jace, but uh, Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins combined for sixty points. I don't know how you didn't expect that tough loss. You know, leading in the going into the Monday night games like that. The uh, Michael Marty matchup. Wow, uh, phew, Travis Kelsey with the forty-five point game on the back of Patrick Mahomes' killer game. Jeez, just smoked Michael. Or huh, it seems like, uh, it's the year of the crappy tight ends. Uh, wow. Travis Kelsey, that, that was a horrible performance. It's like he fumbled the ball, but more like he just handed it to a defender and said, go ahead. Then of course we have the undefeated teams. We got, uh, John Mooses and, uh, Nathan Porteous here. They, uh, They actually were decided before Monday Night even started, so congrats, Nathan. You won by a hefty amount on the back of Drew Brees' failure and Will Disley being, well, injured. So, you had a great team-ish. Alex Collins, eh. David Njoku, eh. Mike Evans. But, great team win. Pat yourself on the back and, uh, I don't know, brag to your little kindergartners in China that you beat a guy from Woodenville. I guess they're not going to know. And uh lastly, we got Daniel versus uh Daniel versus Austin. Austin was trailing going into Monday night, but man, I cannot believe that Kareem Hunt got 30 points and Tyreek Hill got nothing. I wow, could you ever imagine a world like that? It's just woof. Or wow, man, Kareem Hunt just disappeared. There was no way Austin was gonna, was gonna make up those points. Anyway, that was a tough, that was a tough beat. Tough matchup. So, okay, um, I think I covered all possibilities there. So, um, either way, I can't be wrong, right? That allows me to move into, uh, I have regerts. And, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him in a second here. Well, it's pre-recorded, so you'll hear me talk to him in a second here. But Jace, Jace for the O.J. Howard over Trey Boo Boo, Trey Burton pick uh, for his tight end position. O.J. Howard was a iffy pick at best, at least in my eyes, going into this matchup because he may have had a higher ceiling, but he had an awful floor. I mean, you couldn't predict Trey Burton getting touchdowns, but... Trey Burton is with the Cubs. The Cubs have been rolling a little bit right now. Or excuse me, Cubs. The Chicago Bears. And uh, Bears have been rolling a little bit. But went with uh, OJ Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hoping that maybe Fitzmagic was going to find him again. Being a head-to-head matchup, knowing how great the Bears' D is right now with Khalil Mack pressure, I'm just not exactly sure... Uh, I would have made that choice, but you don't know, and that's why we play this game. So, uh, tough beat, Jace. But, we can uh, we can definitely talk to Jace about how he felt about this matchup, because we recorded it on Saturday. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't move that around so that we can talk to people on a Monday night moving forward, but... With uh with a nice, rosy, optimistic Saturday afternoon interview. Here is myself and Jace as a part of Phoning It In. Phoning It In. Alright, so we are here with uh Jace McDill, owner of Christian Mingle in the shit show fantasy football league. And uh I guess I'd like to say thank you, Jace, for joining us today. Not a problem. It's a honor and a privilege. So uh so, Jace, just just to start it off with a bit of a, a softball, how are you feeling about your team this year? It says here you're one and two, and I'm looking at your roster, and it looks strong. How how do you feel about it?
1: Um, I feel really good about it. Uh, the one and two, I think, is not um, you know, really accurate about the way that my team could perform because both losses were within a point. So, uh, yeah. most of that. Was- Fault with kind of Amari Cooper and Kenyon Drake pooping the bed and, uh, you know, not playing them in the weeks that they have actually done well, which has only been one. So, um, you know, I'm looking to bounce back here.
0: I I... completely under, uh, understand how you feel about your one and two record not being representative of your team, uh, as the sole, uh, winless team in our league. I, I completely understand. Um, I guess to give people some background, because uh, hopefully, like I said, eventually this podcast will get listened to by not just my mom, but maybe my grandma too, so she may have no idea who most of our people in the league are. Jace has been with us since the beginning, when this league started in 2015, and he was with us down at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh You were a year ahead of me, correct? You were class of um 15, right? I was indeed, Yes. All right. So you joined us your senior year then and uh I went and looked back cuz I have already forgotten. The years flew by. But uh you've been pretty consistent for most of the years you've been in our league. You were 7 and 7 the first year. It was a a learning year for us. We were getting our feet wet. And then you had a meteoric rise where I had to topple you in the championship game uh our second year. Uh you ended up in in second place.
1: Yeah, cuz we played week 17 which uh be yep, the next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: You know, we've we've made corrections as we've learned. Um and then I think last year was uh last year was not a good year. I think you had some of the worst injuries of most of the teams and you ended up ninth of 10th, and uh but still 6 and 8. So I think you you may have lost in postseason games that dropped you down there because it takes those into account for our rankings there. But that's a, a little bit of history on the uh, the scoring front. The history that most people are more curious about is how you play. And I, I'll I'll let you talk a bit about that in a second here. But um, with an earmark that I, I want to talk about that's uh, next to probably – myself you are the most trade focused person in our league you like shaking things up as much as the next guy i have a i have a statement to make on that but how would you describe the way you play you know are you serious do you uh do you want to take us all down is it about the money what what drives it
1: um i mean i would say that i take it fairly seriously um you know it's just it's because I, I like it, and I get passionate about things that I enjoy doing, and, you know, it's a lot more fun to win than to lose, so, um and my job is conducive for that because I work in front of a computer most of the time with headphones, so I'm able to listen to a lot of podcasts and do research and stuff, so I'm able to kind of stay on top of things, and, um you know, and I also do, like, DFS, like, FanDuel stuff, so in football season, I'm all about fantasy, I, you know, I look into trades i keep up with the the injuries you know who's breaking out waiver stuff even though i definitely failed on the james connor thing and i'm really upset with myself that you got it this year but uh you know that's that's another topic so <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well and you know i i'm sure you uh like many people out there have apps that you hang on to to get those really good uh insights when things happen as they happen um I, I was fortunate enough to look and see that uh, early enough that James Connor was still available because I don't think any of us really thought Love Bell would would miss the first week, let alone this many. Um, but I I will touch back on on uh, how much you enjoy trading. Oddly enough, I would have to say you're not the highest. Uh, I mean, taking myself out of the equation because I get antsy and I trade a lot. Um, I don't think that you are the second highest person like number of trades in our years, but I think you have the most number of proposals and uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but your reputation amongst the rest of the guys who have been around for three plus years uh, is that you tend to have some pretty janky trades. I believe um, I believe we think, we think of your trade proposals as usually pretty well slated to benefit you. How do you, how do you feel about that? Um, <laughs> you know, I,
1: I really can't, uh, refute that too much. Um, I, you know, I would say first off, I'm not sure how much room you have to talk here because the infamous David Johnson trade speaks for itself, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I would agree. Yeah. You know, obviously if I'm going to make a trade, I'm trying to, to better my team. I don't really trade just, just for the sake of it. Um, you know, so, and I'm also, I would say my playstyle, like I'm, I'm, So as far as, like, playing and stuff, uh, I try to make my teams to be consistent. I'm not really big on gambling on high upside guys like Amari Cooper, which, you know, has burnt me um, because my luck isn't the greatest and it tends to not work out when I try to do those things. So, um, but, you know, um, I'm open for trades as well. Like, a lot of the times it's kind of like making a deal. I'll lowball somebody and see what they come back with. So, Yeah, absolutely.
0: well, I, and I think the the hard part is you have to have people who pay enough attention that they can come back and value what you've offered and what's a, a good counter. Most people just think it's, uh, you know, like shopping at a grocery store. You, you're shown a price and you either take it or you don't. Um, it is. It's a barter. Um, to touch on your commentary on uh, liking more consistent players, uh, perhaps a teaching moment we can incorporate for people who aren't in our league, who may be listening and looking at starting their own leagues or something, um, mom, if you are. Uh, the, uh, a trade that didn't end up going through that Jace proposed to me this year was, um, it was Amari Cooper and it was Chris Hogan. Uh, that's Amari Cooper of Oakland Raiders and Chris Hogan of New England Patriots for Chris Thompson, a pass catching running back for the Washington Redskins. And uh, it's not a bad trade whatsoever. In fact, you know, if you go through certain analytical sites, they'll tell you it's a pretty well even trade for both of us. Um, But a reason why it would have benefited Jace is Chris Thompson's a lot more uh, predictable than Cooper and Hogan based on their, uh their previous like their histories but um the reason why I we ultimately didn't take it is I have Gronk who is a pass catching back uh pass catching tight end rather in uh in New England and I just I don't see a situation where I would play a player and hope they stole passes from Gronk so you know you look at things like that and the trade would have been excellent if I had Kelsey I probably would have taken it if I had Kelsey but um you know we talked about it and we realized it wasn't good. You're allowed to, to say a trade doesn't necessarily work, um, and move on. And I hope more people in our league do that, uh, looking at you, uh, Daniel. But, uh, no, I guess that, that actually parlays into another question I wanted to ask you. Um, what's your method when you're setting your lineup for the week on who you throw in there. I mean, some people are, uh, are projection whores. And they they want the biggest projected number because it makes them feel more comfortable. Um, and there are people who are like, ooh, okay, I have the wide receiver that my opponent's quarterback is going to throw to. I can limit how many points he's going to get and, and play people that way. What, what's your primary method? What do you like to decide based on?
1: Um, so two big things I really like is matchups and projected point totals for the game. Because obviously if a high scoring game, more fantasy points are going to be produced. And then matchups, even though it is not foolproof, is a good way to kind of help be a decision maker between one player or another. So if a wide receiver is going up to a stout secondary, then if you have another option, um, you know, you probably might want to play somebody else. And I can say, like, right now, um, well, actually, I kind of do have mostly the highest projected people in my lineup, except for, um, yeah, actually, I can't really use my lineup right now as an example, so I'll take that back, but um, <laughs> basically, those are the two things that I really like to look at, and uh also look at, depending on the position, like, how many touches or looks or targets or how many snaps they're playing during a game. Um, For example, like, like Jalen Richard. if you look at his stats, he has like 10 plus fantasy points, two out of three weeks. But if you look at how many snaps he plays and how many targets he's gotten, who is a, he's a pass catching running back for the Raiders. If
0: you
1: look at that, then you can kind of see that was, he's heavily game flow dependent and he doesn't get much play on the ball. So, um just an example. So those are a few yeah. Things yeah. I'd like to
0: look at. No, that's that's uh insightful for people out there who are getting started in fantasy or are playing it casually and wanna I don't know, win a little bit of money off their friends this year instead of supporting their friends' drinking habits. Um I'll pull it back really quick for a, a little bit less uh fantasy intensive question. Um what brings you back to fantasy every year? We have some players, even in our league, which is tended, uh, tended to be a little bit more, um, die hard. The majority of us, at least, simple majority, not, not all ten of us, but, you know, six every, six of us every year. What brings you back personally to playing fantasy with our group specifically? Like, what, what is it about the, uh, the shit so fantasy league or the people in it?
1: Um, well, this is not to give you an ego, but you're a pretty good commissioner and that makes it more fun. I mean, you know, none of the other leagues that I'm in, which I'm in for this year, uh, have a podcast for their league. So that's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, it's because it, as much fun as the competition is, it's nice to like stay in touch with friends from college and, you know, it, it gives like a, a, a commonality that we can share and, you know, mess with each other and, um, you know, it just kind of keeps that alive, so that's that's one of the big reasons. That's say.
0: well. I'm I'm not one to uh, to sidestep a compliment. I appreciate you saying that. I I do it because I have a lot of fun with the podcast, and uh, who knows, maybe getting a little bit of light shown on our absolutely confounding league. I don't, I can't figure it out. Um, who knows? Maybe something good will come of it, and we can all say one day on a resume that we were part of this league that has a podcast or that people watch god i don't know i i'm not gonna pretend i don't have illusions of grandeur but it's fun it's fun to do the podcast and uh for those who don't know i used to wrote uh used to write um league notes on a week by week basis and i found that that was so intensive you know because producing a podcast isn't um but you know i'd have to think and i'd have to polish it and a podcast you just kind of spit a bunch of bullshit and then move on. So uh it's a lot easier to just leave it after I've recorded it. Sometimes I don't even listen to what I've said because I don't want to nitpick. So, um again, I appreciate that. And I I do actually agree. I think for me, uh I am a control freak, but commissioning this league, it's not fun because I'm in charge. It's fun because I feel like I can make an impact on keeping us all in touch. So it, it gives us something fun. Uh, we'll do some wacky things sometimes, like, I've, I've made our, uh, our league submit videos before of us doing dumb things. Uh, but, uh, all right, dive in a little bit deeper again, and, uh, with a one-two punch here, uh, the first question is, what is the player that you think this year is either going to break out and be the biggest impact on their fantasy rosters, or that you personally think is going to be on the highest percentage of teams and making it to the playoffs? And I know we maybe only have our league as a reference, but somebody who you think is just going to make such an impact that if you if you could trade for them, if you don't already have them, you, you will.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, one that's kind of obvious is... I'll just say Todd Gurley, if he wasn't the number one draft pick, he should have been. Um, that offense is ridiculous, and uh, he looks unstoppable. So I feel like as far as the um, person that will be on most playoff or league-winning rosters, uh, I could see Todd Gurley being up there a lot. Um One person I think, uh, you know, because I'll give the Giants the credit, Saquon Barkley as, you know, the uh, – number one draft pick or number two draft pick this year in the actual draft uh, real world draft, he's done amazing and he's getting you know touches running the ball and a lot of targets and they're actually using him like they should which is uh surprising coming from the Giants so I think he hasn't even touched his ceiling yet and as far as uh you know someone that isn't quite as big of a name I personally just picked this guy up off the waiver wire, and I really like Tyler Boyd this year because Andy Dalton is, uh, you know, sneakily in the top 10, uh, as far as quarterbacks scoring wise, and he has shown up a lot more this year, and I think he's a great compliment, uh, <clears throat> to AJ Green. And, um, you know, I think it's gonna have to spread the defenses out a little bit, and, you know, he's done well so far and I'm hoping that my ad of him will help me out. So,
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, I like that pick on Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think what's hard for a lot of people is to let go of what they've seen in the past on teams. Uh, great example is right now, the Vikings defense doesn't look particularly stout as it has looked in the past. A great example on the offensive side is Tyler Boyd. He, uh, he looked like he was lost amongst many players there. Um, what well, they also have Jonathan Ross there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Brandon LaFell. He has disappeared, and Tyler Eifert is a non factor at, at this moment. So maybe Tyler Boyd has found that sweet spot on an offense that is a lot better than most people remember it being. So that's a good pick. I like that. Um, now, uh, this one goes out to a little fellow that we like to call Christian, uh, or Frenchie. How do you feel about your matchup with him this week? Uh, it it looked about even until a stellar game with Stefan Diggs, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm
1: feeling pretty good about it, and uh, if there was some wood around me, I would knock on it because I do not want to jinx it because I am... Uh, somewhat superstitious when it comes to fantasy, but, um, you know, just looking at the matchup, like Stefan Diggs, that game was just a fantasy goldmine. If you had anyone in that game, they probably did pretty well except for like Dalvin Cook. So, um, <clears throat> uh, just looking at the matchups, like, you know, position by position, um, I think, You know, he has Patrick Mahomes, which is great, but he doesn't have any other – well, he has Sammy Watkins, so Pat Mahomes to Sammy Watkins could light me up. But his running backs are Jay Ajayi, who was just coming off an injury, and the Titans' defense is actually pretty decent. So I'm hoping that he won't really show up and have a two-touchdown game like he did the first week. And then James White is kind of game script dependent. I know that Rex Burkhead went to IR, so he should be getting more touches. But, um, you know, so – as far as that goes, I'm feeling pretty good about it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm noticing here uh probably not by any sneaky decision making uh but you have Deshaun Watson, if I remember correctly, and he's got DeAndre Hopkins, both pieces of the uh the Houston offense there. So, theoretically, Hopkins cannot score unless Deshaun, Deshaun Watson scores. So, if that's a that's a great way of limiting upside there. But um I won't take a bow or anything, because uh, games can always change. I I feel like I've had a stout team, and I've gone 0-3, so anything can happen. But based on the matchups for a lot of teams this week, uh, a trade that went through that I talked about last week of trading for um, OBJ on the Giants, uh, I took him from Christian's team. And uh, it's looking like that—that's going to help. You know, he still has a pretty stout team that could absolutely burn you if Watkins does wake up. But it's—I, I'm going to knock on wood for you, but it looks like a pretty favorable matchup. Things can always change, and uh, I certainly don't want to jinx anyone. So, um, well, I guess to round it out, we can uh, finish on on this quest. Well, this pair of questions: What's uh? What was or is going into the future as well, your uh, fantasy draft day routine, if you have one? Um,
1: well, typically, you know, I just, I try to do as much research as I can before that. And, you know, I typically, I draft with my phone, but I also have my computer in front of me because I like to have, like, ADP, which is uh, average draft position. I like to have that up there. And then I also kind of set apart a list of people that I feel like are going to do well and that I like to target because, um, you know, just taking people just because that's where they're drafted even. So I like to draft in tiers, which is something that uh, a common podcast has, uh, that we listen to has Mm -hmm. suggested. Um, but I think that's a great idea because it helps kind of differentiate by just going by just draft position. Like in this situation, there's Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon would probably have been considered in the same tier this year. And in some other leagues, I have Melvin Gordon over. I actually haven't I don't have Kareem Hunt anywhere because I thought more highly of Melvin Gordon that's paying off so far. Um And, you know, so that's kind of it. I just like to. I have players that I like to target and that I would be willing to reach for, which would be, you know, taking them before what their average draft position would be as well as keeping the draft position in mind. So I know if based on that, what players I like, but don't need to necessarily reach for because they'll probably be there in the next round or two. So just being aware of that helps a
0: lot. Yeah, actually it's uh that's quite similar to what I like to do is, Multi-screen setup, you know, referencing everything and trying trying to outsmart you guys, which is getting harder and harder as everyone starts to find more and more uh, resources. Now, of course, you know, it's hard for me to keep cards close to the chest on this podcast. Uh, but whatever. I'd rather have a nice, fun, competitive league, and I'm sure everyone else in the league would too. And uh, who knows? Maybe we've said something in here somehow that Christian's going to pick up on and I don't know. I, I honestly don't think he's going to pay enough. Actually, I take that back. <laughs> I have been neglecting to realize that this entire interview is happening on a Saturday night for those who uh, those who are listening. And uh, <laughs> the matchups are going to be done by the time the podcast airs. So this will be a lot of retrospect that we're having here after the fact Uh I'll I'll do some commentary in the podcast that records after games go um, about things that we're talking about here that may or may not happen. So uh, that's a little asterisk footnote. Um, and my final question, hopefully this is uh, a nice softball, something that you uh, you enjoy as well. What is your perfect Sunday snack? For watching football? Like, what is the thing you just gotta have?
1: Ooh. Um, I mean, it seems kind of cliche, I would say, but pizza. Just because, you know, mm. that's a long time to be in front of the TV watching games and uh, pizza gets delivered. And plus, I love pizza, you know? So I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice, because I live in an apartment, so I'm willing to sacrifice, like, 30 seconds to a minute to run downstairs and grab it versus (laughs) go out and get something. So, you know, you can't go wrong with pizza. All
0: right. And favorite toppings.
1: Uh, You know, I'm pretty much just a straight pepperoni guy, Um, but I'm also a fan of like mushrooms and olives and bacon. So. All right. Well, there you have it.
0: I mean, if Christian is listening to this and has lost or, One and wants to be gracious and you want to deliver a pizza to jace you know what to get him uh no
1: french bread pizza please
0: no french bread yeah because he's french (laughs) you (laughs) know uh you never know he may uh he may show us the french flag that is to say the white flag this week with his lineup looking the way it is but that is to be found out when this podcast airs so jace you have been awesome very articulate uh i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and uh congrats on also being the first person to to buck up and and try out being on our uh our interview section of our podcast there'll there'll be a drop in everything for it too so none of those weird transitions where i try to not repeat myself too many times
1: i gotcha well yeah i appreciate it and i hope that I set the bar high and uh you know people are gonna have to live up to the standard that i set just now so <laughs> oh yeah no the
0: bar has been set so i'd like to make sure to say uh thank you again to jace for uh for taking time to to sit and let me ask uh ask questions at you um no i didn't jinx you you fruit loop that's not a thing um your team fucking sucked and you lost and i'm sorry for it but it's not because I interviewed you. That's, uh, that's not how this works. I mean, that's like blaming me because my fantasy advice sucks, when in reality, guys, I almost never have any clue what I'm talking about. In fact...
1: 90% of the time, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: So, uh, knowing that, you can't blame this on me. But, um, I guess that only leaves me with one last little statement, and, uh... Guys, again, unless Harrison Butker has what could only be described as a career, no, I'll take it back, a historic game where the two quarterbacks get injured and he takes a quarterback's place, Um, I guess I get to sort of Sometimes toot my own horn here and... So. the champ is back I'm gunning for the top you guys and if you're not careful I will supplant all of you so uh, I'm going to crack open a beer and I'm going to relax and y'all can have a great week
1: A girl let me do it, it literally just happened Having sex can make a nice man out the meanest they Never guess where I just came from, I had sex If I had to describe the
0: feeling, it was the best When I had the sex, man my penis felt